Today we're going to continue with the study of 2 Corinthians, looking specifically at chapters three, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to that passage uh, and follow along, I'll be reading from the New English Version, and um, that will be, again, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 4 through 6. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Verse 4, as we begin this passage, um, points back really to what Pastor Matt was sharing with us yesterday. It's kind of a, a continuation of um, Paul's uh, explaining his credibility or, or again, that uh, all the letters that might be required to recommend him to the church or to commend him for his efforts uh, is all wrapped up in his confidence and in God and God alone. Paul is simply emphasizing that any proof needed to verify his credentials, his apostleship, his sincerity, his heart for the people of Corinth is certain. Uh, another way of, uh, well, let me just read that same verse to you from the New Living Bible, uh, the New Living Translation, and, and it kind of gives us a little bit different uh, approach to what Paul is saying. Quote, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. He is confident in all that what God has done. He is not threatened or concerned about the comments of uh, anyone that has uh, questioned his credibility. He is confident that what has been done, the work has been truthful, the work has been fruitful, and it's all been because of God. Verse 4 also serves as a, a kind of a segue into the uh, remaining verses, obviously, 5 and 6. And that's really where I want to land for a few minutes, particularly dealing with a word that appears three times in those two verses. And that word is sufficient or sufficiency. Let's look at verse 5. Paul writes, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. This word sufficient or sufficiency um, in the original Greek really can be approached to suggest three different applications, and all three appear uh, in this passage. The first is one that probably were most common, with, uh, common, uh, most common to us and familiar to us, is this idea of being sufficient uh, having what we need, uh, an adequate supply of, of whatever we might require. Uh, I think a, a great illustration is what we're going through today. Uh, when you go into the grocery store and, and you see the meat markets cleaned out and the, and the dairy products gone, the question might be asked by some, do I have a sufficient amount of food to, to deal with this uh, sheltering in place? Um, do I have that what might be needed as a cash reserve or cash on hand in case of emergency because of the lockdown. Do I have a sufficient supply of toilet paper is the big question here in the United States. 
The question is, do I have enough what, I, what is needed to take care of me or to take care of the situation to address the circumstances that I'm dealing with? We have the goods, we have the ability, we have all that we need is what Paul is saying. But he's saying again that sufficiency is coming from God. A sufficiency, and this would be the second application of the word sufficient or sufficiency as it comes from the original language. A sufficiency that was paramount and important to Paul is spoken in the last half of this verse, and that's where he writes, but our sufficiency is from God. Everything needed to bring the people of Corinth to salvation, to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, to, to allow them to find themselves within the family of God, was not accomplished by anything that Paul himself did, but everything he was enabled to do because of the sufficiency of God. Paul was not found to be one who, who had a, a, a bag full of uh, uh, tools to, to work uh, on behalf of the church. Paul's sufficiency of his own uh, would not have accomplished anything had it not been employed by the sufficiency that came from God himself. Paul's sufficiency was found in God through Christ. Paul was able to deliver the goods, to give the church what it needed, to, su to sustain the church, to, to grow the church, to, to lead the church. Again, not because he was uh, uh, intelligent or knowledgeable or a scholar of the word or because he, he uh, was gifted or talented or had all the good stuff going for him. That's not what played into the success of the ministry of the fall in Corinth. It was because God's sufficiency, uh, Paul finding his sufficiency in the Lord. God delivered, I mean, Paul delivered the goods, but all this was made available to him by God who has no limit to the blessings of love and mercy, and grace. And that's what Paul was leaning on. As the apostle Paul pointed to the sufficiency found in God, he was humbly reminding the church, it is God who has brought about the harvest. It is God who is, remind, who is supplying all the needs for the church. It is God who is, who is taking care of, of, of life itself. He is the giver of life. He is the sustainer of life. He is the one who is promising life beyond the present and into the future and everlasting. And then we come to verse 6. And this is really, I, again, going back all the way to this whole thing of uh, the integrity and the credentials that Paul has as being a minister of the gospel. We read God uh, going on with verse 6 who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Here Paul is speaking of not just being uh, quantified, not having just the resources to do what he needs. Paul now is being qualified by God himself to be a minister of the gospel, a messenger of the new covenant. Paul has been uh, quantified and given, been given everything he needs to minister to that church and to to raise up leaders within the church. But Paul now is stating clearly that he is qualified to accomplish what God has set before him because God is sufficient. And God has put his, his stamp of approval on Paul as being that minister. This, this continually echoes some of the things that 
Pastor Matt has been saying over and over and over again that we as followers of Jesus Christ need to remember that we too are ministers, that, that we have been qualified and, and quantified to do the work of the gospel. This all comes from God and, and, and God uh, and, and, and our service to the Lord Jesus Christ. As followers of Christ, we find our sufficiency in God. Being sufficient, sufficient can be measured in quantity. What God has given us to be employed for his services and in terms of quality that he has called us to be his minister for the sake of the gospel. As God provides for us, sufficiently cares for us, let our sufficiency that we find in him also become our testimony that speaks of the God who loves and provides for his people. Sufficiency in God means more than just meeting our daily need. We are supplied with all that we possibly could need to do what God would have us to do. We are, we are, we are supplied or find ourselves sufficient to be ministers of the gospel as God has made that possible. We are qualified by God to be ministers for him. A little bit later, uh, and I don't know how far down the road, we're going to be talking uh, about another passage in here that I think ties to what we're talking about here this afternoon. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Paul has just taken some time to talk about all the things that had, uh, he had endured and had even accomplished in his ministry. And, and then he begins a section that's dealing with that there, there is, has the appearance of boasting, but that's not any, there's no, no purpose in that. There's no value in that. And then he begins in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, reading through verse 10 with this statement. He says, So, to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn has been given in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. But he said to me, now this is it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is a great reminder that we, we come to understand and appreciate the sufficiency that we find in God, possibly at our most weakest, our most vulnerable moments of life. It's hard to imagine that a Christian would consider God being sufficient when he has to deal with insults and hardships and persecution and calamities. But as we go through the tests of life, as whatever form or shape they may come, it is then discovering the sufficiency that we find in God and God alone, we are sustained and enabled not only to meet, have the needs met, but to be a messenger or a minister of what we have found in God. I've been thinking long and hard about this particular passage uh, from, that we've been looking at um, that, uh, that serves as our text. And, and I, I, 
I'm hesitant to do so, but I've talked it over with Jan, and and I've decided to share with you a personal experience that, in many ways, for us, truly revealed the sufficiency that we find in God. And and I hesitate to do so because I don't want to bring attention to ourselves or suggest somehow that our experience is any more dramatic or 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 um, uh, spectacular than somebody else that has gone through difficulties. Or that anyway, it brings more attention to maybe what we have experienced as to what uh, what God would want us to learn from the experience. But it it, it was a time in our life when uh, this let's put it this way: income wasn't uh, promised, except um, we were getting by. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, we at the time of our life we would have qualified for food stamps if if we had made the application. And at that time or season in life, our third child was born. And what we didn't realize that what was ahead of us would truly cause us to depend upon the sufficiency that we found in in God through Christ. For it was just weeks after her birth that it was defined uh, that she was um, diagnosed with a heart condition that would require surgery. that surgery would be accomplished at Chance Teaching Hospital in Gainesville, Florida, uh, University of Florida, which was 85 miles from where we lived. And that meant uh, taking her to the hospital, having the surgery, being involved with uh, the aftercare, and then being informed that it wasn't just going to be aftercare, but it would be the necessity of tracking her care uh, for a number of years. Um, we didn't give thought as to what all this meant, except the fact that it was a trying time, a difficult time for us. And we we were leaving the hospital one day after visiting with the doctors and trying to determine what was ahead. Uh, That as we were walking kind of in our own little world through the hallways, I heard my name being called, Ronald Thomas. And we stopped and a social worker from the hospital came up to us and introduced herself and confirmed that we were uh, Ronald and Jan Thomas, parents of Holly Thomas, and then asked the question if we had given thought as to how we were going to deal with the costs of the surgery and the follow-up care that was going to be required. And that, in all honesty, was the first time that we'd even begun to think about it, but it was just like a brick in the face. And obviously we had not, and we shared that with her. And she said to us, we, you need to know that you qualify for what is referred to as our program of uh, children's medical service. And I said, well, what does that mean? She said, well, it basically means that everything is paid for. The surgery is paid for, the aftercare is paid, paid for, and the follow-up care that will be required until her 18th birthday was paid for. God is God is sufficient. God provided for all our needs. The medical care, the, the skilled surgeons, the attentive care that she had in the hospital, family and friends that came alongside us and took care of the other two kids while we were making these trips back and forth to the hospital, the financial needs, 
everything was as falling in place. Quantitatively, everything was being taken care of. Everything that we needed for the moment was being cared for by the God who is sufficient. But also, this is the important part, qualitatively, God's grace was sufficient in one of the most difficult times in our lives. Our faith was quantified and it was qualified as God was sufficient and carrying us through the most uncertain times that we could have imagined. We didn't know from one day to the next what we were to face, but we were discovering that every day God was sufficient, meeting the unexpected and assuring us of his love through the people that came alongside us, through all kinds of kindnesses that came our way, but more importantly, that he was always there and to be our strength and our confidence. Another th thought that came to mind as, uh, as we were working through this passage of scripture was a song that was sung, I'm dating myself here, but was written by Steve Green, Green and, and sung, sung some time ago. The, word, the, the song is uh, God and God Alone. And the words that first stands are first verse, I think sum it all up for me, and maybe it can speak to you as well. But the songwriter puts it this way. God and God alone created all things we call our own. From the mighty to the small, the glory in them all is God and God alone. The God of sufficiency, the God who cares for it all. The, the passage goes on, there's the verse 6 that uh, reads, And God was made, who made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills and the spirit gives. That in itself is another devotion, and, and I would choose to have a kind of tie end of really what follows, because I, I think they really are coupled. But let me just say this, that we've got to be careful of not just taking this word that God has given us as um, the letter, the law, and somehow use it to, to check off what we've done right and what we've avoided in doing wrong. That truly, uh, we use it as it's intended. The spirit that it is, that by which it was written, the spirit by which we are to receive it, and the spirit by which it has been given to us by God, who is sufficient in everything and in every way. So uh, that's it. Um, I, I hope this has made some some sense and, and you find some value in it. And I'd like to like to close with a word of prayer. Then I'm going to try to look at your comments and see if there are any, and and see anything that uh, that uh, I need to respond to. But let's pray together first. Lord, may we never forget how faithful you are to us and how you provide for us and take care of things that we don't even think of. You are sufficient. In, in a quantitative sense, you provide for us 
in times of need, such as this that we are facing even right now. And in terms of a qualified manner, you have qualified each and every one of us to be ministers of the gospel, a messenger or a minister of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, of receiving it from the Holy Spirit as uh, it comes into our heart and, and providing it as a, a message of hope in the spirit in which it was written. So may we serve you well as ministers this day, loving you as you have loved us, uh, first and loving others in the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray.